0: Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions.
1: Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. Pete, how was your
0: week, buddy? It's been great. It's been one of those um, fun weeks. Yeah, it's been a good week. Football, hanging out, relaxing. Man, you talk
1: about football. I have not got much sleep the last couple of nights because there are a couple of incredible games on. I'm not even a fan of any of the teams, and I still couldn't turn it off. So, I don't know. I,
0: you know, we talked about last week on the show, we talked about, you know, we think Alabama's probably going to win, and then but we hard as once, Georgia. And friends of ours are diehard Alabama fans, but, yep. but we, we love you guys still. But anyway... But last night we thought Alabama because they went up in the fourth, they were up, and we thought, okay, well they're just going to hold it. And then man, something floodgates opened. It was incredible. And lo and behold, Georgia came out like with two touchdowns, and boom, they went up and they won the national championship. It was like 15 points in the
1: first half, and then they went crazy in the second half. Yeah, we had, we had a group text half. going around um, before the game. Everybody was making their predictions. I actually picked Georgia 31-21 was Ooh, my prediction. You're close, yeah, not yeah. not bad. Yeah, you're close. That I was did, a good game, though. It was a lot of fun. Here
0: on the East Coast, when the West Coast, we I've never had these this issue. So when I lived on the West Coast, all the games were East Coast times. And so we would be fine because we're three hours behind. Behind, And so I can watch all the games, never a problem. But now, man, the way that East Coast works, it goes into like midnight. Oh, I and know. if I'm watching a West Coast team, I'm going to have to stay up to one or two in the morning. It's, it's rough. Welcome to the East Coast, Pete. Right. It's a whole different way of it sports is. watching. It is so it is unique. But and you don't have to get up at six
1: o'clock in the morning to to trade the stock market on, on the East Coast, so that's, that's a good thing.
0: That's true. So but could, another thing on the West Coast that's different too is more men miss church on the West Coast than they do East Coast. So because oh, games and start NFL at one, starts at ten yeah, o'clock in the morning. Ten o'clock in the morning oh. on the West
1: Coast. Wow, that's got to be brutal for church <laughs> attendance. I didn't. Re- I never thought about that. <laughs> it's true. That's brutal. Yeah. Oh, so. my God. Just one more excuse for men to not I think, lead their families well. I think
0: the DVR became important for that moment. So I think it was a bunch of Christian guys got together and said, hey, listen, we got to figure this out so that we can. Yeah, and then you
1: got that one guy in church listening to the game, and you hear him cheer, <laughs> <laughs> mess it up for you. I
0: have heard that before.
1: <laughs> they start cheering. I mean, amen, amen. amen. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah! Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, mercy. That's funny. Man, I need to
0: go to the West Coast, spend some time out there. That sounds it, like fun. It is a different different animal. It's cool, though. All right, so what else is new? Um, Anything? No? Can't be yeah,
1: silent on the radio. It's weird. I know. It's right. You can't have dead air. <laughs> no, I was just thinking. It's been weird. So we, we're we're based in Orlando, and... Uh, all last week, we're like 85 degrees every day. I yeah. don't know. We're in the middle of winter. Yeah. Um, but the good news is we got a cold front last night and uh, I, I feel like it's January now. So that's kind of cool. Yeah,
0: it was like thunderstorms that it came in. It was crazy. In. It was like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> we're like, is it's this a summer? So, yeah. It's
1: so bizarre. But, uh, I don't know, just staying busy. Um, You know, work's been busy. We're, you know, getting ready to launch, um, you know, working with Barry and then we're getting ready to launch that church in about, uh, 11 days 12 days something like that yeah. um yeah we so, got to
0: get him on um yeah. the week of so it would be good talk about that is he coming yeah. the week of or the week after the week after I think. okay yeah so that'd be awesome we can hear <sighs>
1: we can hear from him about how that's going mm. speaking of church i i heard you went to just check out a, a local church this weekend yeah. how, how did that go
0: it was uh it was great, there was something that happened. Is that what you want me to talk about? yeah,, uh, so I was trying I'm, to give you a mic, trying to tee it up for you as I 'm sitting there, um, my wife and uh, my daughter were with me, um uh, my youngest daughter, and um as we were there, we were uh, just seeking and praying, and oh, wait, what was I trying to say? We were waiting for her to go to the bathroom that 's what I meant, and I was praying in my heart at that moment for people that were around me in the lobby. <laughs> And uh this gentleman came up to me and he just said, Hi, how are you? And he introduced himself and he talked to me and and I said, Hey, how are you? and and so forth and then um protect the innocent, don't use his real name. Yeah, well let's just call him what? Drew call him there you yeah, go just yeah. well, call him Drew. Just call him Drew. And um so this guy Drew, um, he came up to me and <laughs> what are you laughing at, Bob? And, uh, and as I was sitting there talking to him, I just said, yeah, how are you doing? Whatever. And he apologized for not introducing himself to me and whatever. And I was like, Oh no, no worries or whatever. And then my wife and daughter came out and I was like, Oh, we're done. And I went, we're going into service now. And I like stopped him. And my daughter goes, dad, that was kind of rude. You know? And I was like, Oh, I didn't mean to be rude. I just wanted to get into church or whatever. I didn't want to talk to the guy because the church was starting. So I sit down and then the Lord starts pricking on my heart. And he says, I want you to talk to that guy. And I was like, oh, Lord, I want to talk to that guy. And he's like, no, I want you to talk to the guys. I was like, all right, I'll talk to them afterwards. I'll apologize for maybe being rude or whatever, you know. (laughs) And so as I'm sitting there, I look over and I'm watching this guy uh, worship intently. And he's just taking notes and he's just studying. And you could just tell the spirit of God was in him. He had a very gentle spirit. And uh, he was was very calm in his mind. What was the message about? Um. It was on like in time stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Just seeing if you were paying attention. Yeah, I was. And, um, so as we were, as I was just listening and I was just praying in my spirit, all of a sudden my, the Lord said, you know what? I, I you need to talk to him about your daughter, Bree, my middle daughter, the other daughter. Yeah. Not the and one I said, that was with you, and he said like you should like they should like date or get together or whatever. Maybe he could be your future future son-in-law. And I was like, what? And I told my wife as she was listening intently, And I was like, hey, what do you think about that guy? And she goes, what are you talking? You know, she's like looking at me like I'm all crazy and so forth. But lo and behold, after the after the service, I I, I was going to talk to the guy regardless. I don't know how the conversation is going to go, but I'm talking to him. So I went up to him. and I started talking to him. <clears throat> I said, hey, <clears throat> Drew. How you doing? I just wanted to apologize for what, uh, you know, that earlier I just was getting into. there. Oh, no, he was like, no big deal, whatever. And so I just openly asked him, I says, what are you doing here? <laughs> what What is your purpose? <laughs> what are you about, buddy? And uh, so he just started sharing a little bit of story. I says, why are you here at this church? What are you doing here? And so he started sharing a little bit of his story. And, you know, I was just pretty blunt and bold, as I usually am. And uh, then I just said, you know, I, th- I think you need to date my daughter. And he looked at me like, what? And then I just started sharing. I says, You guys should probably go on a blind date and you should to do all all this. And I just started telling him all this stuff. And he starts backing out and getting all like squirmy and and uh and, and his, <laughs> stalker, dude. Yeah, it was very strange. It was a little awkward. I would I I can't say it wasn't. <laughs> and he's turned red a little bit. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, I gotta give this guy a little bit of backstory because here's a stranger that he doesn't know that he goes and he, you got to remember he came to me first. So I, I got set that set that straight and I went to him just to make sure that he knew that I was, was good with him. But uh, anyway, I just laid it all out and he's like, played it, you know, like, Oh, I don't do blind dates. I don't do that. I don't know. And then I asked him, so I go, how old are you? And he goes, Oh, I'm 31. I said, well, why the heck are you not married? Dude, what's up with that? You know? And this, this young man with a gentle spirit just started sharing that, you know, he's just not looking to date. He's just seeking the Lord. He's just waiting on the Lord. And he's just, you know, wanting to um, just see where God takes him. He's just not really interested. He's just waiting on God. And I'm just like, man, this is the dude, right? And um, and then the next thing I thought is... Um, I, he goes, ask you know, how old my daughter was. I told him she was twenty gonna be twenty-four. And he goes, Ah, oh, she's a little young. I said, No, she likes older men. You know, she's a she's a <laughs> whatever. But but you gotta remember, my daughter is the agreement that we have is that we're gonna work together to find her man. And so I have to be a part of that process. And so we're looking for a young man that loves Jesus and that is seeking him and that is on fire for him. And this man, this young man, we'll call him Drew, is um is a guy like that. He had that gentle spirit. And so at the very end of the conversation, I found out he, uh, I guess he oversees kind of like the young adults ministry and different I mean, things. And you're giving them away. You're just, putting... and uh, yeah. <laughs> and and so I he, I said, you know, maybe I get my daughters to come, you know, hang out with you here and maybe get to go. But at the very end, I asked him, I says, well, would you at least consider that? And he says, you know what I'll do is I'll take this before the Lord in prayer. So good and I'll seek God on it. It it's, sounds
1: like the man you've been praying for for, it, for it 24 is.
0: years. It is. You couldn't have asked for it any other better. But I feel bad for the guy. I did give him our Riot podcast, so if you are listening, we'll call you Drew. Um you, you know who you, you are. Yeah, you know who you are. And um uh you know, I I I didn't mean to embarrass you, but I I but I if you He if, may never approach lit, another stranger l- again the rest l- of his life. Listen, listen to more of the podcast. <laughs> you'll get to understand me a little bit more and you'll get it. <laughs> So, anyway, that's that's my story and I'm uh, sticking to it. And so, it was a
1: great story. So, you you met your future son-in-law before your daughter met him.
0: I just hope he believes that. I'm, I'm like for old those. school
1: right there. Uh, who knows? I mean, I'm I'm going through the book of Genesis right now and that's man, that sounds like exactly My daughter out of the pages of
0: scripture. My daughter says, "Dad, if you find a guy, hook me up." And she told me that. Well, she there gave you me go. the she gave me the okay and so it's all, it's all good yeah that's a fascinating story yeah. i
1: i can't wait to see what happens
0: yeah one day you might do this for your daughter who knows i might yeah i might you find the right guy i mean why not well i'm praying for him yeah i'm praying for him every night yeah but this guy met the, all the but he checked all the boxes in the requirements you gotta love the lord you gotta fear the lord you gotta pray you gotta seek the lord you gotta that's have awesome. a gentle spirit he had all of that well if he's not the guy oh and he was good-looking dude hey drew if you're listening i thought you were a good-looking dude there you go I think my daughter does too I have to ask her did you show him a picture I did yeah what'd she say yeah I took a picture that's the other thing that's funny I was like hey can I take your picture he's like nah dude what are you doing taking my picture I took his picture anyway <laughs> I, just took, I took it I, I was not gonna leave there I'm not gonna tell my daughter I talked to this guy she's Without gonna ask me a picture yeah, yeah who is this guy so I had to take a picture oh, and then he's like trying to protect himself like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Drew, for letting me take your picture. Uh I you showed sure, I over. saw
1: the picture. You're right. He's a good looking dude. Alright, good. So on Drew on or page. whatever whatever his real name is. Yeah. We'll just call you Drew. That's awesome. Yeah. So what a story.
0: We should title this Drew.
1: We're, <laughs> so the, the t- title t- of today's <laughs> podcast is <laughs> <laughs> Stalked <laughs> by Pete. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta come up with something better than that. All right, All right. <laughs> seriously though, let's let's jump into uh Pete, I'm excited. We're gonna, yeah. we are going to. Would, would you say we're going to devour and eat this book up ah, this year? I love it. So I love it. we're gonna. We are dissecting the Book of John, and uh, this may take. Six months. This may take six years. We're not sure yet. We'll yeah. let God lead. We'll but get through it this we, year. We, we, <laughs> we're gonna get through it this year. All right. There's 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 your promise, folks. We yeah. got fifty one weeks to get through the book of of John, and we won't do it every week. There'll be there'll be one offs where uh, you know we yeah. talk about other topics or we have special guests on where there's yeah. there's just something that. Uh, we need to talk, talk about on that, so it won't be every week, yeah. but we are going to walk through this amazing yeah. book, the fourth book of the New Testament, the fourth gospel, and uh, man, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. But before we do that, Pete, let's um, let's open in prayer. Yeah, like we always do, and or, unless we forget, which would be terrible. Don't do yeah. that. Nothing we have, nothing, though. nothing, nothing of value happens outside of uh, of, of prayer and uh, at the throne room of of Amen. God. So let's let's do that, Father. We love you. Uh, you are amazing. Thank you for uh, just giving us uh, a sense of humor that we can have fun in our faith, Father. That uh, you're not this this stoic. Uh, unapproachable god that uh, so many people unfortunately think you are that you are you are holy that you are just but uh, you also have a sense of humor uh it's so clear in 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 our everyday lives father and i just thank you for the stories that we get to share thank you for using this podcast to uh to just help people, to reach people. And, Father, we can ask you to continue to use it. Bless our listeners today. Bless the the people behind the scenes that are putting this together and getting it out there for folks to listen to and watch on YouTube. Father, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: I'm going to send uh, Drew this podcast uh, when it comes out. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I'm going to keep the door open there yeah. by doing that. like. Don't be
1: offended, but you should watch this. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, and so. then he
1: might file a restraining order. Right. Because- Come on,
0: I'm not sure. He may have already filed the restraining order. There was, nothing, there was order. nothing but love. <laughs> right. Well,
1: he sounds like an amazing young man, and uh, I hope uh, I hope Bree gets to
0: meet him one day. So the title is going to be "Book of John Unpacked." Book of John Unpacked. We're going like to cover that. Yeah, John one one through three, so and verse fourteen. We're biting off a bunch of it right
1: off the bat, right? No, yeah, three. We're going to do four <laughs> four <laughs> verses if you throw in verse fourteen. All right, today we get to start to unpack the Book of John. We will do a brief overview of the first twelve chapters and dig into John one one through three. The big idea that runs through the first 12 chapters of the book of John's gospel is dedicated to presenting Jesus as the divine Son of God. John's gospel is different from the other three synoptic synoptic gospels in that there is no genealogy, no account of Christ's birth, Nothing about the temptation in the wilderness, no mention of the transfiguration, no mention of how Jesus went about appointing his disciples, no parables, no account of his ascension, and no reference to the Great Commission. It's
0: actually like really different. It's really different. Yeah.
1: Instead, John emphasizes that Jesus is the creator. Man, I think that is the key right there. Amen. That Jesus is the creator, the only begotten son of the Father, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world and even the I Am of Exodus 3.14. John emphasizes more than any of the other gospel writers that Jesus is the divine Son of God. And John makes it very, very clear that any person who does not believe in Jesus as the divine Son is condemned. Mm. He is condemned already, right? John yeah. 3.18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of of God's one and only son.
0: Wow, that was really good intro, Bob. You know, it's it's so funny that you know, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those gospels say a lot of the same things. They just they have a different view or a different perspective where John is basically saying a lot of what they say, but he's just coming from a whole different approach. You know, his approach is more of the evangelistic approach you know his approach is more of a um you know hey you know Jesus is the only way what he actually says the purpose of the gospel in John 20:31 he says that is to show that Jesus of Nazareth was Christ he was the son of God and that the, that whoever believes in him might have eternal life and so that he goes that is my purpose for writing the gospel the only reason why I'm writing this is that people will come to know in him and give their life to him as the only uh only one to be able to be saved is through him for eternal life. Um you know, in the gospel it t- and in this gospel it t- shows a lot of his miraculous signs. One of the things that John does is he constantly say this is a sign. Yeah. And so he's going to point to that a lot. Um so he's basically saying, "Hey, I want to prove to you that he is the son of God. Here's a sign, here's a sign." You know, the first sign that we see is when he turned water into wine. Uh we see that in there. Um, the book was written around 90, uh, you know, 80 to 100. Um, there are some R.C. Sproul tries to, uh, say that it was written earlier in 45, 50, maybe 60. Um, I've studied it, uh, each way I can see there can be some validity in that. Um, but I think I lean more towards, um, the, most of the, the theologians and scholars out there that it's a later written date. Um, He wrote the book most likely in Ephesus, and the reason why we know that is Irenaeus, um, writing in about 200 AD, he said that the beloved disciple was John, the disciple of Jesus, and that John originated the gospel at Ephesus. So Irenaeus said that, and who's Irenaeus? Well, Irenaeus was Polycarp's uh, disciple. Well, who's Polycarp? Well, Polycarp was John's disciple. And so Polycarp and Irenaeus went over. And so what we have today is a lot of literature, a lot of written material from Irenaeus. And so we can take what he's saying because he's so close in eighty two hundred, he's, you know, 200 years out, but he's a direct Direct witness from Polycarp. When Polycarp's a direct witness from John, John is a direct witness from Jesus. So Jesus spoke directly. He was, you know, as John is writing this, he's talking. I'm an eyewitness. I was there in the flesh. And then as he's sharing this with Polycarp, Polycarp's like, No, this is really what happened. All of the things that John is saying is true. And then he's telling this to Irenaeus, and Irenaeus is saying, Yeah, this is all true. And so that's just kind of discipleship one on one a iranius even writes that when he himself was young he knew another teacher polycarp bishop of samaria and that was between 69 and 155 so probably in about 150 they probably interlinked together um who claimed to have been tutored by Ron, uh john that's how we know polycarp was connected to john is through iranius's writing saying that he was in contact with polycarp and polycarp told him directly that he was by john that's how we know that um, the church historian Eusebius uh, was about 800, or about 300 AD. So this is three, you know, two, three centuries later. Uh, records that John Polycarp and Irenaeus connected in the same way through discipleship.
1: Hmm. So it'd be like if you were, <clears throat> if you were John, and you told me a story, and then I shared that story with somebody else. That's kind of what you're talking about. There, try to make it kind of real.
0: Yeah, and back in the days, they were very good at—the scribes were really good at writing. Um, we've preserved a lot of this, um, a lot of the writings um, we have, especially from uh, Irenaeus, and um, that is how we are able to come to understanding the authenticity and the truth of the Gospels.
1: Well, there was no TV. There was no radio. They were amazing storytellers. That's how that's how stuff got transmitted, so— it, it. Very believable, right? Yeah, I
0: mean, it's there's no... So what we're telling you right now, if you're listening to this, is there is no doubt in my mind that what we are reading is the Word of God. What we are reading is an eyewitness account of what actually happened. And so uh, the John 3.16 is in the Gospel of John. We're going to cover that. For God so loved the world. Probably the um, most
1: popular verse, right? It, Everybody knows, it, it. knows that.
0: So, I mean, we have to understand that what is being said here in this gospel is so powerful and it's so dynamic that it literally, if the person reads the book of John, their lives will be completely changed for all eternity.
1: Yeah, we say that all the time on the end of the show. Like if you're you're a new believer, grab the book of John and start reading Start it reading is that.
0: it it is the one evangelism tool that I think every believer needs to 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 grasp onto. So if you're if you're discipling somebody and they haven't someone that you're discipling has not read the book has not read the Bible, have them start in John. It is the perfect place to start um, <clears throat> to really get the magnitude of what and who Jesus is, and um, so, you know to, you got we got to remember the context. So John was writing this again from Ephesus to counter false teachings regarding Jesus. They're trying to, you know, water down who Jesus was. And again, Paul or John, like Paul is, is countering them to say, no, this Jesus is, you know, we've seen him in the flesh. This Jesus is God. He is the son of God. He is divine. He is the creator of the universe. He is the, I am. And we're going to look through that. We're going to see Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am uh, the the way the truth and the life he has so many ims tell me about your your story with your daughter I was yeah. just that's exactly what I was just yeah. thinking about
1: I had a I was just trying many parents right you have ten year old or I have a ten year old daughter many parents with kids in that age group um, getting. Uh, getting them off their iPad or getting them off their device can be a, a challenge. So I came up with a with a, a project, and I told her, "I go, you can use your iPad to do this project if you want." And I I told her to, I asked her to, you know, search the Book of John and find the seven signs and the seven I am statements. So first she's like, "Man, I'm having a hard time to find it." I'm like, "Well, I told you you could use your iPad. You can, you can Google it. You can search it." If you, and then so she found it, found an article on it. She came back. It was Pete. It was so cool. She's so excited. She's like, "Dad, I found him!" And she's like reading them off to me. Proud dad moment. Very, very proud <coughs> dad moment. So it's really, really cool. Oh.
0: It makes me think of Charles Wesley. He said, "Catch on fire with enthusiasm, and people will come from miles to watch you burn." Wow. And, 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 you know, Sammy was coming from a childlike faith and she was excited about that. Yep. And the book of John is one of those books that get you excited. Mm-hmm. It's because it starts revealing to you the truth of God in such a way that it shows that you have eternal life. It shows that your life can be changed, can be transformed, that it, it just gives you so many of these things to be able to make you excited. And, and it's like, when we come to Jesus <clears throat> and we become enthusiastic we cannot help but share the truth with other people. We it, it's like it just pours out of us. And what Charles Wesley was saying is just catch on fire with enthusiasm. If you if you if God has set you free, if God has has redeemed you, if God has brought truth to you, if God has opened your eyes to his love and you've experienced this love, this agape love, and it causes a joy to bubble up inside of you, that's enthusiasm. Now go tell the world about that. Yes. And he says here that people will come for miles to watch you burn.
1: You know what I love about John is, you know, if you wanted to learn about me, you wanted to know who, who Bob is, you, would you ask just somebody that casually knows me or would you ask my best friends, right? And that's, to me, that's what John is. John is, was one of Jesus's best friends on this planet. He was part of the inner circle. He, he you know, he, he lived with him for three years. He was just... He, I, you you said it earlier, eyewitness accounts of God in flesh. And that's what he's sharing in this book. And it's just, it's phenomenal.
0: There's many, um, writers in the ancient times, uh, the theologicals that would, they would basically say that, uh, this gospel is called the spiritual gospel. And, and it wielded a profound and lasting influence on the development of the early Christian doctrine. And so a lot of the doctrine, the Wesleyan doctrine, and a lot of the different things that have come from this, um, came because of john so john really set the doctrinal level the 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 you know the foundation of what we believe and why we believe it so yeah so that's that's really cool all right let's just move on so um what is the most important thing here on earth that you will not be able to do in heaven great question yeah so i mean that's the question i always ask yep. so what is the most important Don't answer thing it right away let them think about it for so a second what is the most important thing here on earth that you will not be able to do in heaven so good. Yeah. So the, the answer is evangelism. Yep. And so when we get to heaven, we're not going to be evangelizing the people. that are already saved. Everybody knows. But the one and most important thing that we could do on her is share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and what is the best way is through the book of John. I mean, John three sixteen. you could just, if you just knew that and then explain that and understood that and understood that John wrote a whole book, a whole gospel on that main purpose That Jesus is the son of God, that he died for you, that he he rose again on the third day, and he did it so that you can live with him for all eternity, that your sins will be forgiven. That's it. That's that's it in a nutshell. And so John is it. So if you're listening to this, you want to be a great evangelist, learn the book of John. Study it, and follow along with us and just memorize these scriptures as we go through this. And just get this inside of you. And as you disciple people and as you share the word of God with others, get them also in the word of God and share with them to memorize these scriptures because you'll become the great evangelist from that. And you also get really solid doctrine. All right, so the book of John talks about some pretty crazy things, like in John chapter 6 when Jesus talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. What? Yeah, right? We have to always keep in mind that when Jesus was talking with the people, he was always talking from a spiritual perspective. That's why they they used this book as a spiritual tool, because he's always coming from a spiritual perspective. But many during that time were never able to understand it. In fact, in John 66, what we're going to read, 6-6 is from the time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Today is no different. People either believe in him or they think he's a lunatic. And and it's it's when you read the gospel of John when it comes to eating my flesh and eating my body and my blood and all that. We're going to describe I'm not going to go through it now, but we we'll will get there. break this we'll down. Get there.
1: Um, so he's not talking about cannibalism
0: there is quite a few things though that he brings up that you're like what are you talking about i am the bread of life right what are you talking about and so you know if you you know eat after me you'll never eat it again or whatever you thirst after me there's all these things that are just yeah so it's it's we're gonna go into that but there's a lot of that so but people look at this and they think man this guy's crazy What does C.S. Lewis say about this?
1: Yeah, he said a man who is merely a man and said, wait, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and you can kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open for us. He did not intend to.
0: You can't say it any better. I heard Bono quote this one time. Yeah, Yeah. you can't say that any better. I mean, he was... Either either you believe him or you don't. So either you believe that he died in the cross and rose again, either you believe the words and the things that he says through this gospel or you don't. Yeah. And and if you don't, you're going to be like all the other people. He's a lunatic, religion doesn't work, you know, you're just you're it's a farce and all that. But when you hear those people that are saying that, they're miserable. They're they're angry, they're bitter. You hear all these people that are barking against Christianity, they're the evil ones. They're the ones that are cussing out to other people. They're the ones that are acting in an irrational way, where if you're truly a follower of Jesus Christ, you're looking at those people and saying, man, they're in pain. You see them as Jesus sees them. You're hurting as they are hurting for them. And all you want to do is love them. All you want to do is sacrifice for them and elevate them above yourself. And, and unfortunately, many times Christians are not like that. Many times they come across the same way as, as a person that's a non-believer. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah,
1: no, I hear you hear people just, I think it's a cop-out. I think when people say, well, yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure, but he was a good teacher, or he was a good prophet, or he was, it's it's not. I mean, I, C.S. Lewis nails it here. Yeah. He's either a lunatic or he's God. Yeah. Bottom line. Jesus didn't leave any room for, yeah. for something in between. Bottom line. Awesome.
0: So the Gospel of John is simple enough for a child to understand, and it's deep enough for a scholar and most seasoned saint to swim in. Think about that. Hmm. It is. It's simple enough for a a child to understand. That's really good. But it's also so deep that a scholar and a seasoned saint can swim in it.
1: Which is why we we recommend people start there.
0: That's it. And so what we will study over the next year is not just a book John wrote, but a painting of exciting pictures they are filled with images such as a lamb, the door, the shepherd, the new birth, mm-hmm. the light and darkness, water of life, bread of life, blind that sea, seeds that are planted and much more. We're going to try to do our best to paint these pictures in the best way that we can to be able to bring to life all of these things that represent our Jesus.
1: Yeah, we're not just studying a book, Pete. We're seeing a person come alive before us. Yes. John 1.14, it says, And we beheld his glory, full of grace and truth. Hey, you know what? Let's jump into the let's jump into the text. So John, I'll start. Uh, John 1.1, uh, we'll read the first three verses and verse 14. So here we go. In the beginning was the word... And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. I know a little tongue twister there, but we'll we'll go through that. And then verse 14, we'll jump down there. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth.
0: Let me give this a little context. Um, What we're reading today showcases a marvelous thing that's happening. Uh, The glory of God comes to his people again in the person of his son, Jesus. The writers of the four gospels give us snapshots of our Lord's life on earth. Uh, Matthew wrote with his fellow Jews in mind and emphasized that Jesus had fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. Mark wrote for, for the busy Romans, whereas Matthew emphasized the king, Mark presented a servant ministering to the needy people. Luke wrote for the Greeks and introduced them to the sympathetic Son of Man, but it was given to John to write the book of both Jews and Gentiles, presenting Jesus as the Son of God. We know this because he often gives an interpretation of a Jewish word. The first three Gospels major on describing events were John's emphasis on the meaning of these events. For example, all the Gospels talk about feeding the 5,000, but only John records sermons on the bread of life. So in the first first chapter, John, he records seven names and titles of Jesus that identify him as the eternal God. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to, as Bob just read, we're going to talk about three of those um, talks. So when he said in the beginning was the word, word was with God. The word was God. He was the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was nothing. Was it not anything made that was made? Um, much of our words reveals to others, our hearts and minds. So Jesus is God's word to reveal his heart and mind to us. John 14, nine says that, that he see that, that sees me has seen the father and the word is composed of letters. And Jesus, as it says in revelations, one 11, says he is the alpha and the omega, the first and the last of the Greek alphabet. And so I said a lot and I, and I broke that down, but let's just, let's just put it this way. So, in the Old Testament, one of the things that it used to always say is that, you know, the word of the Lord came to me. The word of God came to me. And it brings me back to many different areas. If you did a search study and you went back and you just typed in, you know, the word of God, you're going to pull up 150 different, you know, different things. There's probably more. One that pops out to me in, in the way that the Israelites understood this is they believed that the word of God was an actual person. And when you study in... um uh the book of remember when Eli in first Samuel, I think it was first Samuel, I forget one, fourteen or somewhere, where Samuel was coming to um Eli and he was being raised and in and, and Samuel heard, you know, Samuel, Samuel, he's like, and he would go to Eli and say, Eli, what you know, what are you saying? What do you want? And then after the third time he Sam Eli realized, oh you're you're hearing God. So next time Samuel when God calls you, just say, Lord, here I am, you know, your servant is listening. And so he did that. But then immediately after Samuel said that, it said that the Lord, the word of God stood there. It, the word says stood. And we know of many other instances where the word of God, there or the, the God of the angels armies, um, where they understood that the word became flesh. They understood this, that that even back in that time, that the word of God was from the very beginning. And so in this, it's talking, you know, it's, it's definitely bringing us back to, um, you know, the, to the creation, it's bringing us back to the, in the beginning, God created that they're saying that, you know, God's word, as he spoke the word that God, Jesus was there as the word. Um, what we see in verse one and two is Jesus as the eternal word. He existed in the beginning, not because he had the beginning and beginning as a creature, but because he is eternal. He is God and he was with God. John eight fifty eight says before Abraham was, I am. And so, um, yeah, so, I mean, this is like, this is a big deal. So in the beginning was the word. I mean, so he was basically saying that, from the very beginning, and when he's talking, when John's talking to the, the Israelites and to them, when he says the word of God, they can understand that. They understood what he was saying, that no, he, the word of God was all throughout the Old Testament. It says it, the word of the Lord, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Many people think that, well, when the word of God came to them, they thought, well, then he just put it on their hearts or their minds. That's what they think when they read that. But if you slow down, no, it's talking about the word of God it means that there's an audible Remember when um, when uh, Moses saw the burning bush. It says that, um, that the word of God, the angel, the, the angel was standing there, that there was a physical person standing in the bush fire. Many people overlook that. They don't realize, no, that is the word of God. And then he says, take off your sandals for I am that I am. There he is right there. God, Jesus in the word in the as the word of God is there. He's the second. The word is second. Jesus is the word. God the Father, the word, and then the Holy Spirit. Thoughts?
1: I just think it's fascinating that, that he uses that word, the word, word, right? So it brings me back. So the parallel, go, go back to Genesis 1. And you, you already mentioned this, and, and, and I just didn't want to kind of brush over it. So in verse 3 in Genesis 1, it says, God said, there, let there be light. It didn't say, God thought, let there be light. It didn't say, God waved his hand and there was light. It said he's said, so he's using he's using the word, and so it just ties back into that. It's just a, it's it's funny because John, I think, just trying to draw a picture here, of trying to describe something that the human brain has a really hard time of of comprehending. But like you said, back in two thousand years ago, this would have been a much more. Uh, maybe digestible concept yeah, they understood for, them, this. for them to understand. Yeah.
0: So there, he's basically saying that Jesus is the word. So where it says in all of the Old Testament, yeah. word of God, that Jesus is the word. He is the word. And he, that's why we shared verse 14,
1: because that makes it, to me, perfectly, perfectly clear. It says the word became flesh. There's yeah. no doubt what he's talking about. Who and dwelt among us. About. So he put it yeah. in
0: context. Yeah. So not only did God come then, but he also has come now, but his purpose now is different than it was then. I love that John
1: starts here. Yeah. you know I mean you know Matthew starts with kind of the genealogy and Luke starts with the birth. Um, John's like, nope, he's God. We're going to just start right there.
0: Yeah, he just wanted to establish that he's the eternal word. That means that it, it was, he is the, when it says we are going to create light, that God created light, that was the word of God. That was Jesus creating the light. That was him. He was the word, God eternal. So that's kind of that. So in verse three, you want to go ahead and work through that?
1: Yeah, verse three, let me read it again. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So, Does that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Do you have the statement on that part?
1: Yeah. So in verse three, we see Jesus as the creative Word. We see a parallel here with Genesis one one, as we were just speaking, the new creation and the old creation. God created the worlds through His Word, and God said, "Let there be." For when God spoke, it was done. Uh, we talked about this a few—I uh, don't know—a few episodes ago uh, about Colossians one sixteen. Pete, it said God created all things through Jesus Christ. Jesus is and always was eternal. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made.
0: Yeah, I just, <clears throat> I mean, let's just try to slow down here for a second and try to just let this soak in. So Colossians 1.16, again, says God created all things through Jesus Christ. And so the word of God, so not only was he the word of God, but he also was the creator God. So verse three says we see Jesus as the creative word. We see a parallel here in Genesis 1, the creation of, of the new creation, which it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that we are a new creation, old things have passed, behold, all things are new. That because of Jesus and what he did, we become new people. We become cre- we become transformed by the renewing of mind. So not only did his did he create the material aspect of things, but he also renewed and created a new person a new us. So it's like everything in Jesus is, is fresh. Everything is, is all things are made through Jesus. So just try to understand that. It's not a, um, this is not one of those things that we just want to pass over. I mean, it's like meditate on this in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. It's like, not only was he at the beginning, but he was with God. He was with all things. He was in the beginning. He was with the creation um, and then in Colossians one sixteen, God created all things through Jesus Christ, and so it's always been. It's not his. This is not Jesus is not in a New Testament only. I so
1: you get tempted. You want to jump ahead. You know, I want to hear about Jesus's life and Jesus' light and all that stuff. But it's like it's important to get this context to understand what the, the foundation that that John is building here.
0: Yeah, I just I think that. Um, I don't think we do justice with really meditating on it. And I think that it is so big. It is such a big magnitude. We have to just, we have to understand that this God that loves me, Mm. um, created me and that he, he speaks words of life into me. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to speak words of life to us. And so all the things that Jesus spoke here on earth, he then gives the spirit to remind us, to help us understand his words. His words are what brings us life. His words are what brings us light. His words are what causes the darkness to to go away. It's it's his words that set us free. It's his words that bring salvation to us. So we understand that because of what he did, we now can live with him for all eternity. Amen. It's it's always about him. It's you know, we make our life about us. Oh, I have this problem. I have this issue. I have this this thorn in the flesh. I have this. You know, my wife is this. My husband is this. You know, I can't find this. My life is hard. I have no money. I have whatever it is. <laughs> we make everything about us, yep. and all of creation was made for Him. Everything was about Him. Everything is about Him, and in us bringing Him glory. So whatever's happening in your life, He's in the midst of it. It's it whatever word of truth you need you'll find it in the book of John. You're going to find it in the word of God. And that word, that truth that you said is is started because of Jesus and now it will help you get through whatever it is because everything is about him. Stop making it about yourself. Yep. And so that's it. You know the verb made uh the verb made here is perfect tense. So whatever is said made So Jesus, you know, created and he made, he says, here is a perfect tense in the Greek, which means a completed act. Creation is finished. It is not a process. It is a finished product. So when he says that Jesus made the heavens and the earth, that he was a creation, that he completed it once and for all. So what God created, it's done. It's it, you know, and he's also going to be creating a new heaven and a new earth that will Probably allude to as we studied John in what he talks about in Revelations that he's going to bring a new heaven and a new earth. So, all right, so let's talk about the last one. Let's talk about verse 14. Want to read that one more time?
1: Yeah, let's do that. Um, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth.
0: So, in verse 14, we see Jesus is the incarnate Word. He was not a phantom or a spirit when he ministered on the earth, nor was his body a mere illusion. John is making it clear to his readers. He touched Jesus in the flesh and that everything he said was true and it brought with him the fullness of grace and truth. What does that last part say, Bob? What does that mean that he brought with him the fullness of grace and truth?
1: I don't know. Honestly, I was distracted. I, I, I just had a thought. but no, fin- Go ahead. Do no, finish your thought. No, you finish your thought and we'll talk so, about it. So, as I'm reading verse 14 again, I'm thinking all the world religions require that you do something to kind of clean yourself up and get yourself to a place where you can hopefully one day meet God, right? Yeah. Our God comes into our neighborhood yeah. and dwelt among us, yeah. right where we are, in in the dirt, in the muck. And he didn't ask us to get cleaned up first. He didn't ask us to put on our best suit and tie. He came to us, moved into our neighborhood. So that that was the part that was just really sh- just struck me as and we were reading that again. And sorry, I wasn't even no. Listening just a question <laughs> to go off of what
0: you're saying. I mean, think about it. So. The way that other religions happen is a guru or somebody that was meditating on truth or philosophy, a lot of it comes from philosophy, and they're sitting there thinking about how could I become a better person, how can I uh, make ways to, to walk closely with God. And so they started creating themselves, their own God, or they started creating, you know, Buddha. They started creating these other gods to be able to put in, you know, different things that they can do or different ways that they can live so that they can please God, so that they can be close to God. Well, our God, what he did was, you know, our God's always the initiator God. We have to get this in our head. God is the one that initiates contact. Okay. God is the one that came to Abraham in the land of Canaan. God is the one that showed up to Moses in the fiery bush. God is the one that showed up to David with, through Samuel his prophet. God is the one that showed up to Paul on the on the road to Damascus. We have to understand that God is the one that came to the disciples and said follow me. God initiates contact. Our God is 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 the God that that establishes everything. He's the creator of everything. He's the beginning and the end. We do not have to do anything. God says in John 17 that, that you have given me mine. I have, those are mine. I have, you've chosen, those are set apart for me. He, he is pursuing us at all times. And so here it's saying that he came in the flesh because he was living out this life the way that he expects us to live it out. Hmm. If God did not come in the flesh, then, then it doesn't give us an example of how to live a holy and perfect life.
1: The perfect picture,
0: but he came and he showed us how we are to to live this life holy and pleasing and and respectable and righteous before God as we are supposed to do. I think so many of us have
1: a hard time wrapping our mind around that. That you know, it's easy to think of Jesus as a teacher or you know, or as a rabbi. And when you really start digging into this and wrapping your mind and, and kind of really meditate on it and see it you you come to the realization that this is god. Yeah. Jesus is god. Yeah. And I think that's the part it's so easy to kind of gloss over that and and just miss that point. And I think that's John's point here. He's trying to drive home. He's like Jesus is god.
0: Yeah, he had a purpose. And so John wants us to know that Jesus came to the earth, he pursue he's pursuing us, he's sharing with us his truth. He's teaching us how to live our lives according to His will and His way, that a perfect holy life, like He intended from the very beginning. He created us for that reason. Again, it's not about us. It's about Him. Our, our life is to be for Him. And so He shared that. But then He also, John, shows us that, that Jesus had a purpose. And that purpose is that for every, everybody on mankind can have an opportunity to have an eternal life with Him. Amen. And because you're condemned, as we read before. Before, before Jesus, we're condemned. Because we are sinners. We are fallen short of the holiness of God. We are fallen short of God's standard. We're not God. We can try to be God all we want, but God created the heavens and the earth. John 3.18. Right? God, God did it, yeah. God created everything. It was from the beginning It was God. In the beginning, Jesus was God. And from the beginning. So everything started there. He set the standard. And then he also pursued us to give us a, a out from the condemnation of the world. And that's in the name of Jesus. So by because Jesus lived the perfect life, he became the holy sacrifice, the Lamb of God. And because he died and he rose again, he now sits at the right hand of the Father, as the Bible says. We now have, if we believe in him, eternal life for all eternity. And so that's that's the gospel. That's, that's what we're studying in the book of John. That's what we're going to be covering every single week. You're going to hear different elements of what, the purpose of Jesus was. Why did he come and why did John write this so that we can better understand this in context?
1: Come on, guys! You excited yet? Yeah, this is going to be a wild ride. I'm really looking forward to this, Pete.
0: It is exciting, and you know, we didn't. I didn't want to add too much uh, today because it just is a little overwhelming. Um, but next week, I think that we'll definitely cover all of chapter one because there's just so much meat here. Because um, we're going to talk about light and darkness and all of that, you know, coming in the next week. So, um, but today, if you're listening to this and you're you're hearing um, these truths that we're speaking. Um, I just pray that uh, the Lord has just ministered to your heart. And and I just want to tell you straight up that he's not just pursuing me or Bob, he's pursuing you. And uh, God loves you. uh, And he loved you so much that he literally came to this earth to die for you. And uh, he knew that uh, we have a sin nature. He knew that you have a sin nature. He knew that you were going to fall short and and not be perfect. He understood that he got he, he understood the fall of man was was not good. He He got that we are sin and we're going to we're going to mess up. And so he said, you know what, I'm going to come find you. I'm going to save you. If you're listening to this podcast, God is saying I'm meeting you right now here. Um, and, and it's not a coincidence that you're listening to us. It's not a coincidence that you're hearing me right now, speak to you. Um, and, and it's not just me speaking. God is speaking directly to you. And he's saying, I love you. And I want you to come to me. I want you to believe in me. I want you to, to surrender your life to me. I want to be your God. I want to take care of you. I want to restore, uh, uh, uh in you, a uh, uh, renew a right spirit. I want you to become, uh, redeemed. I want you to become Whole. I want to give you freedom for your life. I want to teach you what that freedom means. I want, to, I want to lift your burdens. I want to lift all of that that's affecting you right now. And he's talking to you and he's, and he's looking directly at you and he's, and he's saying, I love you and it's, and it's time. It's time to turn from your past ways. It's time to follow me and it's time to lay down your life and pick, and, and pick up my cross and follow me for all that you're doing. And so if that's you, you can do that right now. And uh, you can just uh, surrender your life to the Lord. You can just say, God, forgive me of my sins. Just cry out in your heart, forgive me of my sins, Lord. Forgive me for uh, the way that I've made it. And Lord, help me to uh, turn from my sins. Help me to follow you in all the ways. Lord, come into my life. Lord, take residence within my heart and my soul. And Lord, help me to walk holy. Help me to walk faithfully before you. And Lord, help me to find what my next steps are. Lord, give me uh, the, the pastor or the person to help disciple me or bring into my life, Lord, the, um, uh, the, what I'm supposed to do so that you can, I can walk closely with you. And if that's you and you said that, I know God heard you and I know that God is for you and, he's, and, he's, and he desires to meet you right where you're at and and he's forgiven you of your sins the bible says that in the in in the in the word that all the angels in heaven rejoice because of what you did and and, and now go tell somebody you know, go and share this truth with somebody. Don't keep this inside. You know, as it talked about at the beginning, what what uh, Charles Wesley, Charles Wesley's written, you know, hundreds of hymns. He's John Wesley's brother. John Wesley is the 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 beginning of the Methodist church. But Charles Wesley wrote tons of hymns. And he says, catch on fire with enthusiasm and people will come from miles to watch you burn. If you're excited right now and you've been forgiven of your sins, go tell the world. Go share with them what Jesus has done for you and and watch how people will gravitate and they'll hear your enthusiasm. And more importantly, it's not you that no longer live, but Christ that lives within you. And as you're opening your mouth, because the Holy Spirit has come into you, you are no longer speaking on your own authority. You are now speaking with the authority of the Holy Spirit. You're speaking truth of God. As the Bible says, as you open your mouth, he will fill it with his words. And that's one of the promises that you get, that the boldness and the spirit of God will now reign within you. And so we want to rejoice with you. If that is you, please contact us. Get in hold of us. Go on to riotpodcast.co, C-O, and uh, go to know God at the top and click on that and fill that out, that sheet, and let us know that you gave your life to the Lord. And we want to celebrate with you. We want to come alongside of you. We'll give you some materials. We'll contact you and, and help get you on the way. And uh, so Bob, any other thoughts?
1: No, Pete, I'm just, uh, I'm just excited. I'll close with, uh, with saying this, that, uh, you know, if, if you're listening to this right now and uh, you know, I, I would pray, or I would ask you to pray that the Holy spirit would put somebody on your heart mm-hmm. that needs to hear this. So, you know, Pete was just saying, you need to go out and share this. You're to share this. Well, one of the ways you could share the gospel is by j- sharing this podcast and you this one specifically, as we're diving into the book of John, man, if you, I promise you, if you ask God to put somebody on your heart that you need to share this with, he'll do it. Amen. And um, it's just really easy. Just send it to him and uh, and uh, let the Holy Spirit do, do his thing. So I, I would ask you, if you're watching on YouTube, to hit subscribe, hit that little uh, bell so that you're notified every Thursday when a new podcast gets released. If you're listening, just listening to the podcast, uh, make sure you subscribe to that as well. And also jump on to um, our Facebook page. Yeah. Let us know where you're listening to us from. Uh, let us know what you think of, of our journey of the of the Book of John. And if there's You know certain uh, parts of it that you're excited about Um, you know maybe you you know you want to dive into the 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 seven you know the seven signs or the the i am statements what just let us know what you're excited about as we get ready to cover this over 2022 but man it's a new year we're excited about jumping into the book of john and uh, i would just challenge you to share this with somebody that you know somebody that needs to hear it so uh, we love you guys we pray for you every week uh we are just uh, honored and humbled and blessed about uh with the with the people that are listening and we just pray that uh, uh you've heard something from uh God today as you were as you were listening to us go over the book of John as we just started it uh it's going to be an amazing journey man hop on board Pete any final
0: yeah rick warren said the way you store up treasures in heaven is by investing and in getting people there i like it so if we i mean let's just i mean that if you hear anything from us It's always about sharing Jesus with other people. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, people. Love you guys. Have an amazing week. Have a great week. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.